Ooh, ooh, the crackling of cellophane. <laughs> happy, my pretties. Happy. No, no, no we're not done. <laughs> Brains. It's alive. Mummy. I'm a mummy. I'm a kill man, and I'm Don Pardo, recently deceased announcer for Saturday Night Live. It's the day before Halloween. Any questions, David S. Pumpkins? Not when we're recording this, but when it is released. It's five days before Halloween. That is correct. We are having the a Halloween party in two days, though. We're trying to be really transgressive with how we celebrate the holiday in 2017. Yeah, we're doing pagan and Christian Halloween. On this podcast, us two lovely co-hosts, myself being Thomas Lockney. Me and being Liam Sr. You don't have to hit me when I say my lines. <laughs> I just lines. did a little, oh, I, I didn't know. make sure, I just did a little I just wanted the audience to feel weird for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in oh, LA no, traffic. I feel weird. Good. And uh, each week we research and tell true stories from our perspective fields. <laughs> and Liam torments his socially anxious friend for an hour. Because I was in traffic. Yeah, I'm Tom Lockney. I'm really interested in video games. I'm Liam Sr. and I'm really interested in show business. And every week we center our uh, stories around a theme. And this week, obviously, it was going to be Halloween, the best holiday. This is like Christmas for me. Liam, you're starting us off. I am. I'm going to read a list of movies and TV shows. Mostly movies. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm gonna read a long list to start us off. Okay, great. Yeah. Getting get, hooking them in real yeah. early with that like, primo content. You guys like the list? <laughs> Keeping it cash in the medium major studio yeah, today. I'm in a shit mood. All right. The Uninvited, Thirteen Ghosts, Tales from the Crypt, The Exorcist, Satan, Allison's Birthday, Amityville 3D, The Devil's Gift, Tales from the Dark Side, Deadly Massages, Witchboard, Spookies, Schoolgirl screams don't panic sorority house massacre 2 repossessed awakenings and you thought your parents were weird teenage exorcist witchboard 2 the devil's doorway radio flyer only you witchboard 3 the possession grim what lies beneath nine tenths long time dead is anybody there twisted weekend 3 slacker holocaust spirit of the glass darren brown seance dead friend witchboard who are you seance again satanic ouija four different movies i'm starting to notice a pattern here. yes you'll you'll figure it out very quickly Left in Darkness, Exorcism, The Possession of Gail Bowers, Paranormal Activity, Ouija Slash Seance, Couldn't Decide on One, Had to Do Both, Greetings, <laughs> Drive Through, Tempest Fugit, Credo, Ouija Board, Necromentia, Paranormal Activity 2, A Different Ouija, The Unleashed, The Ouija Experiment, Seance, The Summoning, Haunted Poland, Several Episodes of American Horror Story, <laughs> The Pact, I Am Wait. Zozo, Hold On, We're Almost Done, Grave and Crafters 2, Haunted Poland. Poland, That's the whole movie. A Haunting Black Magic, A Haunted House, Ouija, again, Ouija, The Experiment 2, Theater of Death, and Ouija, Origins of Evil. Tom! I know that that was a lot, but I really want to think for a minute about what the plot of Haunted Poland might be. It's about a bunch of Poland, Polish it, teens that like get a Ouija board. The entire nation of Poland. No, just this town. Stricken with ghosts like a plague unto them. Look, Leo. when I found Haunted Poland for a second, I thought, oh, I have to shift gears on the story because we're going to talk about Haunted Poland. What's it's not it's, that uh, interesting. What's its tomato meter rating on Rotten Tomatoes? Borscht. 
Makes sense. Yeah, people will get that one. Uh, so what do you think all these movies have in common? Uh, all of them. Don't be afraid, Tom. Just guess. Are secretly about the human condition. Yes! I was going to say, they, a reoccurring thing is a theme of fear. No, they're all feature one of the dumbest props in movie history. A Hasbro Ouija talking board. Excellent. Wait, it's the same one in all of them? It's just one. Hey, holy God! One Ouija. They didn't bother. They were so disinterested they literally in distinguishing themselves, even in the slightest fashion, from another store that they are pretty much identical to. Fucking haunted Poland. That's how. That, that's the barest minimum of effort they put in. Was like, we'll try and trick people with we'll what our movies about Ouija board. by by switching up the title. But we will have the Ouija board that has been in how many of you say? Sixty-nine. Sixty-nine. Nice. Yep. Movies. Wait, really? Yeah. Excellent. Oh, there are a bunch of short films that I didn't include on this list, but if the whole list of uh, movies and TV show episodes that feature a Ouija board are sixty-nine, so we're gonna talk about the talking boards because like they have a really weird history. I, I assure you, in all of these movies, the Ouija board plays a pivotal role. I can't think of another prop in horror movies that comes close to that. Like even flashlights and machetes and stuff like. And the, well, the Ouija board is so much more interesting than a machete. Because, yeah. like, hey, machete, it, like, goes into the meat. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> That's what Jesus do. He's running around. He can't see. He thinks he's hurting cattle. He thinks he's going around making steakums. Yeah, but, like, with a Ouija, it's like, oh, like, are we going to contact a malevolent spirit? How much power is it going to have? Are we going to be able to contact good spirits? Will we be able to distinguish between the two? There's a lot more possibility with a Ouija than with, like a gun or a puzzle box or something like that. And we're going to learn no, why that is today. No shade to Hellraiser though, fucking excellent movies. Yeah, Hellraiser all out in the sun. Part one, Fox Sea Sisters. You'll see why in a second. All right. In 1848, the Fox family moved into their new home in New York. The two younger sisters, Kate age 12 and Margaret age 15. And their mother, I don't Connie, remember. Her. I don't remember. Connie and her, their father, fantastic. Yes. Fun little fantastic Mr. Fox. I liked it. it. I liked it so much I lost my place in the story. <laughs> um, so yeah, they all move into this house which had a reputation for being haunted. And it wasn't until March that the family began to be frightened by unexplained sounds that sounded like knocking or like from the moving of furniture. They would refer to these as rappings. R-A-P-P-I-N-G. Whoa, look at that. Well, more like live rapping on Look at that, oh my God. Oh. More just kind of like. Call out a freestyle. So on a late March day, uh, Maggie and her and her sister Kate um, told a neighbor that like, hey, our house is haunted. Do you want to come see it? <laughs> and this neighbor, this is like the 1800s when people had literally nothing to do. Hey, so this Bob, guy was like, Bob, you want to see some fucking crazy shit, dude? <laughs> They're two chill, two little girls went to their neighbor and were like, our house is haunted. Would you like to see it? And he was yeah. like, yeah, I literally have nothing better to do than like not die of polio. That's weird. Super weird. So they told them that every night around bedtime, they hear a series of raps on the walls and furniture, and they seem to manifest a peculiar otherworldly intelligence. It starts off with Kendrick Lamar's Pimp a Butterfly, and then it goes into like NWA. <laughs> oh, they're going backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A reverse retrospective. I like it. The neighbor, skeptical to say the least, hmm. came to see for herself. Oh, good, it was a woman neighbor. That makes me feel better. All right. Joining the girls <laughs> in the small chamber they shared with their parents. Hey, listen, sometimes I like to also be surprised when I'm reading the story. 
So they went into the small chamber they shared with their parents, and while Maggie and Kate huddled together on their bed, their mom began the demonstration. Now count five, she ordered, and the room shook with the sound of five heavy thuds. Whoa. Count 15, she would command, and 15. Count 35. Oh, then she would ask to tell the neighbor's age, and 33 distinct raps followed. If you are an injured spirit, she continued, manifest it by three raps, and it did. You see, though, Margaret Fox, the mom, didn't realize what the date was. It was the evening of March 31st. Hang on. Are you like the Fox family? Name three of the raps. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, fucking hell yes. Margaret Fox, the eldest, mm-hmm. didn't realize that it was the eve of March 31st, going into April 1st, April Fool's Day. And the, she also didn't expect something that I'm going to tell you right now. Her three daughters, because there's an eldest daughter, were a bunch of fucking rascals. <laughs> Just Mar- like the DuckTales kids. Yeah. In 1888, uh, Maggie told the story of the origins of the mysterious wrappings. And this is a quote. When we went to bed at night, we used to tie an apple to a string and move the string up and down, causing the apple to bump on the floor or drop it on the floor and make a strange noise every time it would rebound. Mother listened to this for a time. She would not understand it and did not suspect us as being capable of a trick because we were so young. Oh God, why, this apple's so bruised. I swear it was fine <laughs> yesterday. What's, and why is there a string too? tied around it? Weird. But all they, they were fucking with their mom and then convinced her, oh no, it's haunted. We're, we're bring the neighbor my, in, bring the neighbor in. Were all of my children just staring at me just now? <laughs> I can't tell. And when she'd turn around, they would probably just die laughing because they are <laughs> straight fucking with their mom. <laughs> this is so good. And they basically, oh, like, man. what they would do is they would go listen to, like, fi- learn what the neighbor's age was so that the eldest one would just know all the information and then just freak people out. This is such a fucking great con. Right? Kids should constantly be scamming their own parents. It's the only way they have to get back at them. So this is re- this part is really, really important. Over the course of the next few days, a code was developed where certain raps would indicate letters... And yes and no. Let's keep that in mind. They called the spirit Mr. Splitfoot, which was a nickname for the devil. These kids <laughs> fucking owned. These were the coolest people in the fucking world. Um, this freaked everybody out, including the parents, even though it was like super fake. So the parents freaked out and they shipped the girls to live in Rochester. They had some family up there, so they went to live with their aunts. But they didn't know that at the time, Rochester was like ground zero for a bunch of really weird religious movements. Mm-hmm. And Isaac and Amy Post, a radical Quaker couple and longstanding friends of the Fox family, took the girls into their home and the girls were like, we're going to fuck with them. And immediately convinced <laughs> them that they could, talk to, they could talk to spirits. Not that their house was haunted, but that they could talk to spirits. Man, these kids, hang on a second though. If this is what they did to their parents, what the fuck do you think they did to each other? Because I know, I know growing up, siblings do fucked up no, shit No, dude, to each they, were, other. they were all really tight. Were they tight. just like tight as fuck? They were, were all they really, like the, well, the it's delightful the, now it's just the two of them. The kind of, yeah. Oh, that's like, so they were, cool. Because that's the thing was, the con only works if, the, if all of them are working it together. And they con these Quakers, but something happened bigger this time. They were such radical Quakers that they changed their religion and created the spiritualist movement. Holy shit. The Fox Sixers <laughs> were the center of a new religious movement and the whole thing was a crock of bullshit. That's the greatest thing in the entire world. Part two, 
Fox sisters, more like the fucked sisters. Oh no. Oh yes. Margaret in 1888 as Ice Ted, she basically confessed that the whole thing was, was a lie. And she totally was like, this was all bullshit. Mrs. Underhill, my eldest sister, took Katie and me to Rochester. There it was that we discovered a new way to make the wraps. <laughs> I love it's that so that's good. how, I love that that's what they called it. It's so good, okay. Oh man, okay. that has aged so well. So basically they discovered oh. that they could crack their fingers under the table and no one would see it. And they'd be like, whoa, what are those noises? And that they could like rub their clothes to make like swooshing sounds, again, discreetly and like totally like calm the people. Um, these are the dumbest adults I've ever heard of in my and these fucking are like, life. Like, they're not even the smartest kids. They're just smart enough. And they're starting a religion. A religion, a religion. based around presumably some sort of ideology by which people live their lives. And it was created by these people. People who could be tricked by cracking your knuckles. A thing I just did on the podcast that, made, that yucked everybody out. Right, but like... The thing was, was they were able to basically do misdirection, like because they were making these noises and they were reacting to it, people would be like, what's touching me? Like they, people were so Ugh. dumb. Like people are still very dumb, but people were even dumber. Here's how fucking hard they went at keeping this a thing. Oh my God. They went back to their childhood house to bury bones so that when people would later uncover it, they'd be like, oh my God, a skeleton under the house? This was the spirit that was talking to us. Where did they get the bones Chicken bones. From? How? How are, how did, how do people, do they like put the beak down there? Because no. if they left the beak in. No, you, uh, the, they just used, um, one, people are, very stupid. This is true. They also- We uh, did only just learn that like Brontosaurus did not exist. Not a thing, Brachiosaurus, <laughs> real thing. Also that dinosaurs had feathers. Oh man, I love that so much media surrounding dinosaurs is based off of them being like these terrifying monster lizards. But now we know that they were just basically big birds that ate meat sometimes. This is another quote from Margaret. A great many people when they hear the rapping imagine at once that the spirits are touching them. It's a very common delusion. <laughs> some very wealthy people came to me some years ago when I lived in 42nd wow. Street and I did some rappings for them. Okay. I made the spirit rap on the chair and one of the ladies cried out, I feel the spirit rapping me on the shoulder. This is so good. In 1889, the spiritualist movement, which was a movement by this mm -hmm. point, made Margaret recant her entire confession um, because they didn't want to like lose work because they were mediums, basically. Yeah. It's all horseshit. <laughs> Harry Houdini was obsessed with trying to debunk these guys and, okay, and like fun. debunk Ouija boards in general. So unfortunately for the Fox sisters, they all became really bad alcoholics and just drank themselves into a stupor and one of them tried to confess to it, but was then bullied by the group to keep her mouth shut. So then they all just, you know, married off and did what women do in the 1800s, which is just like lead a very depressed like, life and yeah. then die. So although scientists and Howard Houdini uh, debunked these ladies, people were hooked. Because at the time, this was when the, the uh, uh, like the ending of the Civil War. So a lot of people originally would come into these seances and be like, what's the stock market gonna be on the railroad? But they found that more and more people were like, I'd like to talk to my husband. I'd like to talk to my father. Yeah. And that part stuck. 
the the thing is 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 a couple like a couple of things were kind of booming at the same time. Board games were becoming pretty popular, as were mediums because people were coming to see them at the, po the post Civil War. So the board and the the plan the board and the planchette, which is the thing that you look through the plan planchette boarding has been around since like the early 1100s in China. It was mm -hmm. like a big uh, a Fuji boards they were known as. And that somehow was connected to necromancy and spiritualism because of what you would look at through the board, through the planchette. And basically that got associated to the Ouija boards. And, and, okay. and the, the, bo the basically the idea of a talking board with mediums became a thing. And they would put numbers, the alphabet, yes and no on the talking board because that was the pattern that the Fox sisters came up with. Part three, the Fucker Brothers. So this is like a sick Parker Brothers reference and we're gonna see why in a second. Businessman Elijah Bond had the idea to patent the board and planchette idea because that's how you make the money. You don't invent the thing. You steal the idea from the thing and they, they go, I now have a piece of paper that says, I own this idea, yep. commodity. So William Fold, F-U-L-D, took over uh, after Elijah was like, I'm bored with this now. Off to other ventures, capitalism. I'll never see tragedy. And then he would, he said the stock market. Yeah. So they came up with the name because it was an Egyptian word meaning good luck. Uh, but then it, they also said that it was a combination of French and German words for yes. So no one knows where it's from. Okay, cool, fun. And Another like, mystery, lost of time. William Fold basically became synonymous with the Ouija board. He reinvented history and had it so that he invented the idea. He mm. didn't just steal the patent, he stole the whole thing. It was like, I invented this. Sounds the Fox like, sisters, I don't know them. Sounds like a good person. Then in 66, the estate sold it to the Parker brothers who had made Monopoly. And then Hasbro purchased that in 91. And there are about 10 brands of talking boards sold today under various names. Still one of the most successful and reused props in horror movies. It is the responsible for the uprise of mediums and spiritualists that are scamming people today. And it was just a bunch of fucking rascals trying to prank their mom and neighbors. <laughs> and that is the story of the Ouija board. Why it's put in movies, I think, is because if it works, if it is real, then that like does half of the horror movie work for you. Yeah. Half of the rules are already laid out for you. I've also yet to see the only the only good movie I've seen with a Ouija board is The Exorcist. Haven't seen another one that I can think of. We're gonna take a quick break to hear about an ad from another show on the Major Cast Network. And when we come back, we're gonna hear Tom's story. <laughs> The Count, what are you doing here? <laughs> Hello, listener. Do you like a scare, a jump, a fright? How about Maine? How do you feel about Maine? If any of those words made your heart skip a beat, then I've got a podcast for you. King Me is a monthly Stephen King podcast where I, Tom Lockney, and a guest watch through a theatrical adaption of a work by everyone's favorite Northeastern author, and talk about it with a little help from the source material. So, if you're feeling particularly brave, join me on my descent into terror on the Major Casts Network or wherever you find podcasts. That was and the... Ten more minutes. <laughs> and we're back. A dinosaur story. John Goodman. Time for me. Plays a Tyrannosaurus Rex. To tell the story. Yeah, it is. Prologue. Spooky for Jewel. <laughs> <laughs> You're a monster. 
frightening focaccia. <laughs> a real murderous marinere. <laughs> In the early days of the internet, when a forum culture was a uh, de facto rule of law, a certain style of trolling gains popularity. It is known as a copy pasta, a portmanteau of copy and paste. But not really because pasta isn't in the word paste. Yeah, like I couldn't find the origins of how <laughs> paste became pasta. So, you know. The term refers to a block of text copied and pasted ad infinitum as a form of spam trolling. It owes the format of its dissemination to spam email, though what distinguishes it from, say, email offers for fat hog supplements is that sometimes, copy... sometimes your pet pig isn't as bulky as you want it to be. Is that the copy pasting? Oh, you meant dick stuff. Comes from a living, breathing human rather than an algorithm. My favorite is the Marine, so the sniper, who's like, listen here, you young punk, I'm a Marine. Have you not seen that? You know that copy and paste, right? No, I, I, I oh. really try to distance myself from I had, forum culture. I had a roommate who like knew all of the funny ones and would just like spam his old friends with it yeah. and would just show us, he'd be like, you've never read this? And like we'd read them and you'd read them one time and like they are, some of them are really funny because it's like, there's one where it's like the classic, man, I hate that Justin Bieber crap. Give me the real music, like the who and the blues. And you're like, this is amazing that <laughs> someone took the time to write this and that other nerds keep posting this to each other. Yeah, so basically like that's what, that's the difference. Email spam is like a bot or a program that just like collects emails, sends them out. But a copy pasta is pasted by a human, usually the horrible person on a forum. <laughs> Hey, Tom, how do you like your copy pasta? Al dente. Creepy pastas arose through this phenomenon, distinguishing themselves from vanilla copy pastas through their <laughs> campy, spooky tone and subject matter. They are short uh, horror fictions. I don't know if I would go for campy as a blanket description, because some of them was just like, oh, you want to write the most fucked up, twisted, like, gross shit. There's nothing campy about this. Fair. They are short horror fictions, and they eventually birth their own style and tone of storytelling. I think that they're, I think you know when you're reading a creepypasta. Also, I disagree with your term short, because I've accidentally gone to part 26 of something. This is true. And realized, hey, I've wasted life hours. By the late 2000s, websites such as creepypasta.com emerged to host and platform these types of stories. This has led to some changes since the focus of these subpastas has shifted from trolling to storytelling. Uh, nowadays, it's considered rather gauche to copy and paste somebody's creepypasta. At least without giving them credit. Yeah, as you might imagine, this is largely because named authors are attributed to stories now rather than remaining anonymous posters. So that's sort of more or less the end of my story story. To pad things out and do a fun Halloween treat, I thought we'd do something fun and different today. Is that why you brought a goat? There is an extremely popular video game-centered creepypasta titled Ben Drowned that circulated in late 2010 under the author name Jad Usable. No idea if that's how it's pronounced. It's one word. Jadusable. I've never read this creepypasta. I only know that it is like about a haunted Zelda game or something. Don't, don't allow I'm not going to say anything. 
So, in the spirit of the creepypastas of old, the stories reposted and retold, I thought it would be fun to capture that moment of reading through one of these for the very first time. The author, Alex Hall, has spoken about his story being told and redistributed, and he's gone on record as saying that it's kosher to reuse his intellectual property. Ooh. Yeah. Liam's turning down the lights. Turning That's good. off the lights. Excellent. I was going to ask you to do that anyways. Oh, I, I'm two steps ahead of you. So if you would like to skip this section of the podcast, there will be a time code in the description that you can skip to. Otherwise, uh, I would encourage listeners to turn off the lights, maybe light a candle, and, and snuggle up. Without further ado, here is the creepypasta, Ben Drowned, by Alex Hall as forum user, Chad Usable. Post number one, September 7th, 2010. Okay, Dash X, I need your help with this. This is not copy pasta. This is a long read, but I feel like my safety or well-being could very well depend on this. This is video game related, specifically Majora's Mask, and this is the creepiest shit that has ever happened to me in my entire life. Ooh, high stakes right off the bat. Having said that, I recently moved into my dorm starting as a sophomore in college and a friend of mine gave me his old Nintendo 64 to play. I was stoked, to say the least. I could finally play all those old games of my youth that I hadn't touched in at least a decade. <laughs> that weekend, I decided to drive around a few neighborhoods about 20 minutes or so off campus, hitting up the local garage sales, hoping to score on some good deals from ignorant parents. <laughs> Real predatory here, Jed Usable. All right. Satisfied, I began to drive out of the neighborhood when one last house caught my attention. I still have no idea why it did. <laughs> there were no cars there, and only, and only one table was set up with random junk on it. But some sort of drew me there. I usually trust my gut on these things, so I got up out of the car, and I was greeted by an old man. It's dangerous out there. His outward appearance was, for lack of a better word, displeasing. He flashed a crooked smile at oh, me and asked what it. I was looking for. He flashed his crooked penis at me. <laughs> Wow, hooks left, real <laughs> sharp. Look at that. <laughs> Fucking Sugar Ray Robinson over there. <laughs> and immediately I noticed he must be blind in one of his eyes. His right eye had that glazed over look about it. I forced myself to look to his left eye instead, trying not to offend, and asked him if he had any old video games. I like that, like if you get approached by a stranger while you've been trolling for games at a yard sale, if some weirdo comes up to you, he must also be looking to give you some video games. You're a displeasing old man. May I have one of your Nintendo cartridges? Your skin Perhaps makes me sick one. to the stomach. <laughs> and frankly, Frankly, and I'm into it. your smell makes me dizzy. <laughs> I was already wondering how I could politely excuse myself from the situation. When no, he, you got up and talked to him, dum-dum. When, when he would tell me he had no idea what a video game was. But to my surprise, he said he had a few ones in an old box. 
he assured me he'd be back in a, quote, jiffy, close quote, and turned to head back into the garage. As I watched him hobble away, hobble away, I couldn't help but notice what he was selling on his table. Littered across his table were rather peculiar paintings, various artworks that looked like ink blots that a psychiatrist might show you. It's called a Rorschach test. As I came to the last one, for some reason, it looked almost like Majora's mask. The same heart-shaped body with little spikes protruding outward. Initially, I just thought that since I was secretly hoping to find that game at these garage sales, some Freudian bullshit was projecting itself into the ink blots. But given the events that happened afterward, I'm not so sure now. I should have asked the man about it. I wish I would have asked the man about it. I looked up, and the old man was suddenly there again, arm's length in front of me, His smiling at me. crooked as the day it was born. I'll admit, I jumped out of reflex, and I laughed nervously as he handed me a Nintendo 64 cartridge. It was the standard gray color, except that someone had written Majora on it in black permanent marker. No, I'm good, thanks. I got butterflies in my stomach as I realized what a coincidence this was and asked him how much he wanted for it. The old man smiled at me and told me that I could have it for free. It's porn. It's, 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 it's fake. It's bad. It's full it's, of porn. It's get, blow it up. It used to belong to a kid who was about my age that didn't live here anymore. Wait, okay, I hear that. Do you mean here in Nebraska or here in existence? I thanked the man, and the man smiled at me. It's like the fifth or sixth time he said that the man smiled at him. Can we give uh, Jad notes at the end? And wished me well, saying, goodbye then. <laughs> at least that's what it sounded like to me. Go die, hen. All the way in the car ride home, I had a nagging doubt that the man had said something else. My fears were confirmed when I booted up the game, and there was one save file simply named Ben. Goodbye, Ben, he was saying. Goodbye, Ben. I felt bad for the man. Obviously a grandparent, and obviously going senile, and I, for some reason or another, reminded him of his grandson, Ben. Out of curiosity, I looked at the save file. Eyeballing it, I could tell that he was pretty far in the game. He had almost all the masks and three quarters remains of the boss. Anyways, I erased it. (laughs) I don't know why I'm (laughs) writing this to you. He was on day three and by the stone tower temple with hardly an hour left before the moon would crash. I remember thinking that it was a shame that he'd come so close to beating the game, but he never finished it. I made a new file named Link out of tradition and started the game ready to relive my childhood. For such a shady looking game cartridge, I was impressed at how smoothly it ran. Literally just like a retail copy of the game save for a few hiccup, for a few minor hiccups here and there, like textures being where they shouldn't be, random flashes of cutscenes at odd intervals, but nothing too bad. However, the only thing that was a little unnerving was that at times the NPCs would call me Link, and at other times they would call me Ben. I figured it was just a bug, a fluke in the programming, causing our files to get mixed up or something. It did kind of creep me out though after a while, and it was around after I had beaten Woodfall Temple that I regrettably went into the save files and deleted Ben. I had intended to preserve the file out of respect to the game's original owner. It's not like I needed two files anyway hoping that that would solve the problem. It did and it didn't. Now NPCs wouldn't call me anything. Where my name should be in the dialogue, there was just a blank space. My save file name was still called Link though. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a brief summary of the things that have happened in between. Yeah, go for it. All right. 
Jad Usable has just encountered a glitch that has made him uncomfortable and he's attempting to get out. I was about to reach for the reset button when text appeared on my screen. You're not sure why, but you apparently had a reservation. I instantly recognized that text. You get that message when you get the room key from Anju at the Stockpot Inn, but why was it playing here? I refused to entertain the notion that it was almost as if the game was trying to communicate with me. I started to navigate the room again, testing to see if that was some sort of trigger that enabled me to interact with something here, then realized how stupid I was to even think that someone could reprog reprogram the game like this was absurd. Sure enough, 15 seconds later, another message appeared on the screen. And again, like the first one, it was already a pre-existing phrase. Go to the lair of the temple's boss? Yes, no. I paused for a second, contemplating what I should press and how the game would react, when I realized that I couldn't select no. Taking a deep breath, I pressed yes, and the screen faded to white with the words, dawn of a new day, with the subtext, I, 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 beneath it. Where I was ported to filled me with the most intense sense of dread and impending fear I had ever experienced. They always do. I appeared in some kind of weird Twilight Zone version of Clock Town. I walked out of the clock tower, as you normally do when you start from day one, only to find that all the inhabitants were gone. I felt that I, personally, was in some kind of danger. Perhaps the most chilling thing was the music. It was the song of healing, ripped straight from the game itself, but played in reverse. The music would get louder, building up, so as if you should expect something to pop out at you, but nothing ever did, and the constant loop began to wear on my mental state. Every now and then I would hear the faint laugh of the happy mask salesman in the background, just quiet enough so that I wasn't sure if I was just hearing things, but just loud enough to keep me determined to find him. I looked in all four zones of Clocktown only to find nothing, no one. Textures were missing. West Clocktown had me walking on air. The entire area felt broken, hopelessly broken. As the reverse song of healing repeated for what must have been the 50th time, I just remember standing in the middle of the South Clocktown, realizing that I had never felt so alone in a video game before. <laughs> Oh man! I also that, realize that I am a Dorcas Malorcas. All that build up to such a dorky little. Uh... By this point, it was obvious that the game didn't want me to leave, but I had no idea why it was keeping me here. I didn't want to go inside the buildings. I felt that I would be too vulnerable there to whatever I was terrified of. I don't know why, but I came up with the idea that maybe if I drowned myself at the laundry pool, I could spawn somewhere else and leave this place. As I zoned in and ran toward the pool, that's when it happened. Link grabbed his head and the screen flashed for a brief moment. The happy masked salesman was smiling at me. Not Link, me, with Skull Kid's scream playing in the background. And when the screen returned, I was staring at the Link statue from playing the song Elegy of Emptiness. I screamed as the thing stared back at me with that haunting facial expression. 
I turned around and ran out and back into South Clocktown, and to my horror, the fucking statue followed me. And the only way I can compare this is like the Weeping Angels from Doctor Who. Who. There it is. The most derivative shit in the world. Cut, cut that line. Cut that line. Cut like 19 of these paragraphs. Oh boy. This This is long in the tooth. Yeah, there's like at least six more paragraphs before he says, I turned the game off at that point. There we go. So I'll read I'll read the final paragraph just so we can see how intense things get for our friend Jed Usable here. It began to chug. What began to chug? As if the cartridge was trying to process a lot of something. When the screen came to, it was the same scene as the first three times, except this time Link was lying on the ground, dead in a position I'd never seen in the game before. His head tilted towards the camera, with the Skull Kid floating above him. I couldn't move. I couldn't press any buttons. All I could do is just stare at Link's dead body. After around 30 seconds of this, the game simply fades out with the message. You've met with a terrible fate, haven't you? Before kicking you out to the title screen. Upon getting back to the title screen and starting again, I noticed my save file was no longer there. Instead of Link, it was replaced with... Your turn. Your turn had three hearts, zero masks, and no items. I selected your turn, and immediately when I did, I was returned to the clock tower rooftop scene of my Link dead and the Skull Kid hovering over, with the Skull Kids laughing, looping again and again. I quickly hit the reset button, and when the game booted up again, there was one more save file added below your turn, entitled Ben. Ben's save file is right back where it was before I deleted it, at the stone tower temple with the moon almost crashing. I turned the game off at that point. (laughs) I'm not superstitious, but this is way too fucked up, even for me. I haven't played it at all today. Hell, I couldn't even get any sleep last night. I kept hearing the reverse song of healing music in my head and just remembering the sense of dread I felt exploring Clocktown. I drove back to the old man's house today to ask him some questions with a buddy of mine. No way was I going there alone. No way. Only to find that there's a for sale sign in the front (gasps) yard. Oh, no. And when I rang the door, no one was home. As I was walking back to my car, the man next door mowing the grass killed the power to his lawnmower and asked me if I was looking for someone. I told him that I was looking to talk to the old man that lived here, to which he told me what I already knew. Trying a different avenue, I asked if the old man had any family or relatives I could talk to. I discovered that this old man had never been married, nor did he have any children or grandchildren through adoption. Starting to become worried, I asked one final question. Who was Ben? Also, what is grass? Will you marry me? Can you eat yogurt containers? Can I eat my desk? Does Jesus think my dick is too big? Does Jesus think my dick is not big enough? We're here to find those answers. That's Tom and Mine's church we're starting. The man's expression turned grim, and I learned that four doors down... Three doors down. Around eight years ago on April 23rd, there was an accident with a young boy named Ben in the neighborhood. Shortly after his parents moved, and despite any further attempts to talk to the man to get more information, he wouldn't divulge anything else. Man, this is not well written. 
I went back and started playing again. I loaded up the game and immediately I jumped at the title screen where the mask flies by. The sound that played was not the normal whoosh sound. It was something much more higher pitched. Listen. I... <laughs> hey! Hey, wait! Listen! Listen! Okay, we can't we can't keep doing Navi or it's gonna turn into Navi for eight hours. I was cursed by a tree! <laughs> I was once a beautiful maiden named Amelie! No! No, no, no! Copyright! We, we're infringing! How dare you? How dare you turn something beautiful to... Into something so perverse and ugly. I press start, bracing for the worst. But just like two nights ago, the files, your turn, and Ben were displayed. I brought up the Ben file, hesitated for a moment, noticing the stats were not the same as they originally were two days ago. It seemed like he had already completed the Stone Tower Temple in th this time. Immediately, I was thrust into complete chaos. Yeah. Sure enough, I was outside Stone Tower Temple, held by the Stone Temple pilots. There we go. <laughs> but that's about all that was expected. Hell yeah. The zone itself wasn't called Stone Tower Temple. It was called Stone Tower Temple Pilot Zone. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was called Sour Girl. <laughs> but rather, uh, ST space O space N space E. And immediately a dialogue box of complete gibberish that I couldn't make out created me. Link's body was distorted. His back was cocked violently to the side where his posture was permanently disfigured. Link's expression was dull, almost monotonous. He had an expression on his face that I didn't recognize before. You just explained it. It was a blank look. You just look. described what the expression was, dummy. As if he was dead. As Link stood there, his body spasmed irregularly, nasty, back and forth. And I examined what had become of my avatar and noticed that I had a C button item I'd never seen before, some kind of note. But pressing it did nothing. Sounds played back and forth that I didn't recognize from the game, almost demonic in nature. And it's there was some. It's me, Wario! <laughs> it's me. <laughs> Gario. Gario. Gross. It's me, Rosario Dawson. <laughs> I had all of two minutes to take in the environment before another one of those fucking elegy of emptiness statues was summoned, and immediately after I was cut into the dawn of a new day screen, except this time it was without the I, 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 I subtext. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a marathon. Oh, boy, this is really going. We nearly done. No, we're not. We're nearly done. Just keep telling yourself you're nearly done. I was a Deku scrub in Clock Town. The scene would normally play after the first time you traveled back in time. Tattle, sorry, I don't know how to say that name, would say, what, what just happened? It's as if everything is... But instead of saying, start it over, she finished her remark in broken text as the laugh of the happy mask salesman played in the background. Rut row. I was put back in control of my character, but from a fucked up camera angle. <laughs> Wait, what does that mean? Hold whenever on. this guy, whenever this guy sees a Dutch angle, he goes like, whoa, whoa. What the fuck is this shit? There's that one shot in Bad Boys where, and, and this guy's like, himself. whoa, whoa, this is too scary for me. 
I was looking from behind the door to the clock tower, watch, watching my avatar run around as a Deku scrub. Seeing as how I really had no place to go because I couldn't see anything, I begrudgingly went inside the door. There I was greeted by the happy mask salesman who simply told me, You've met with a terrible fate, haven't you? Before the screen whited out. I saw the happy mask salesman, the skull kid, and the elegy of emptiness statue just standing there. I figured maybe they were bugged out, but by now I told them myself that I should know better. You really should. Yeah, seriously. It's Never a haunted game, my dude. Nevertheless, I approached them carefully and found that the Skull Kid was playing some kind of idle animation on loop. Same with Epona and the Elegy of Emptiness statue. It was doing what it has been doing all along. Just standing there eerily. It was the happy mask salesman that scared me more profoundly than the other two. He was too idle wearing that shit-eating grin, but wherever I moved, his head turned slowly and followed me. An ear-piercing shriek blasted it on my TV. The sky immediately started flashing. The Happy Mask Salesman's twisted theme song sped up, intensifying the fear inside me, and Link exploded into flames and died. Jesus Christ. Ah, uh, the, the three figures stayed lit. Hey! I'm not gonna high-five you. Up during my death screen as they watched my lifeless body burn. The press start screen was before me. I knew the only reason why it would put me here was because the save files had changed again. Taking a deep breath, I pressed start, and I was right. The new save files told me about Ben. Now it made sense why the statue appeared when I tried to go to the laundry pool. The game must have anticipated how I would have tried to escape the day four clock town. The two save files told me his fate. As I suspected, Ben was dead. He had drowned. The game obviously isn't through with me. It taunts me with the new save files. It wants me to keep playing. It wants me to go further, but I'm done with this shit. We were so excited when this began. Ugh. And now, like, we're just dead. Th this, this is so bad. Post number five. It's a fucking marathon, motherfuckers. September if you 15th, are still listening, I fucking God marry me. You. I, you are amazing. Hey, guys. Jed Usable here. This will be the last time you'll be hearing from me, and this so is my final doubtful. gift to you. So doubtful. These are the notes I've taken and the realizations I've made. There are things that I could not share with you while this was going on due to the circumstances to which I'll explain. With Ben blocking any attempt I made to try and relay the truth to you, I tried ever so subtly to warn you guys in various ways. I hope you guys paid attention. No. These were my little messages to you. Nothing big enough that would catch Ben's attention or make him suspect anything. With Ben manipulating and changing my files, I honestly hope that what you guys saw was close to what actually happened, but there's no way for me to know. This may be a long read. I don't have time to proofread or make all my research pretty, but here it all is. Oh my god. <laughs> Liam. What? He's literally restating things that have uh, that he's already told us that because there is notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's get to the meat of the notes. September 8th, 2010. 11:21 a.m. No. 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 Absolutely not. No. Afternoon post, please. Useless information. Three, that, 3 p.m. is just a dash. 3 p.m. is just, just a dash. dash. It's a fucking dash. Jad, Why cut that line. 3.02 p.m. My computer just, on its own, opened up a text document and wrote the words, hi, and 
Lois. www.cleverbot.com. <laughs> this is not a joke. What the, the fuck? All right, let's go later in the day. 3.46 p.m. I went to the website. It's one of those bot chatting programs. I think it's best if I just let the conversation speak for itself. Nine, eight, ten conversations. Don't tell me there are multiple conversations recorded into this. Yep. User. Hey, Jad. Hey, Hello? Jad. Hey, Jad. Cut. Clever bot. Cut. So basically, Ben keeps contacting him. Oh, okay. So he ignores Ben, and then yes. Ben gives him scary terms. Nine, nine, ten, conversation one. Answer me, Ben. Welcome back. What is the point of doing this? Why? Amusing to see. How? Fun to play, fun to toy with you, make you feel safe. Huh? Okay. I wonder how you would have reacted. To what? If I hadn't revealed myself and stayed hidden, only doing little things to play with you. Out your windows, turn off your computer, move your mouse by itself, little things, make you wonder if I'm there, but you never know, give me a little hint. I want to do something different. You, you did this before? Yes. Do it again. To who, Ben? Hmm? Did you know Ben? Won't tell you that information. Won't tell that information to you. How did Ben die? You know. No, but how did he drown? Won't tell that to you. Why? It is reserved for another. Who? Another who asks. When? Later. <laughs> Closing the window now. Bye. He doesn't say that. That's a little bad I'm tough. beginning to think that this thing maybe isn't Ben at all. In its sadistic nature, I wouldn't be surprised if it took the boy's name after it killed him. Conversation number two. What is it? What's the point of playing? I, I die whenever I do anything. You die because you can't figure out the secret. What? Fanatic. What the fuck are you talking about? There's beaut there beauty in your suffering. <laughs> Closing the window. Bye. Hey, Jad, cut all of this. All of this can be cut. Earlier, I thought it was a weird coincidence, but just now, I went to open my window, and three floors down at ground level, I saw the old man. I'm completely positive I did. The same guy. He was just staring up at my window, standing in the middle of campus. That's where my notes end. I fled the room, taking the cartridge with me. I don't want to go into details of what happened. I'll lose my train of thought as I hammer out these last details. It's been roughly two days since then. This is my last summary in service to you of the final video guys you saw, matt.wmv. The last video entry I made, matt.wmv, began as normal. I was spawned in Clock Town as usual, and nothing seemed to be out of place. Determined to set things right and play the oath to order on top of the clock tower on the fourth day, I prepared myself. I sped up time and got to the final day, making my way to the observatory. As I got up to the telescope room and approached the astronomer, he would not let me look into his telescope. He told me that it would be cheating and that I should follow the rules. Despite my repeated efforts, the game would not let me do the fourth day glitch, no matter how hard or what I tried. I tried working around the game and doing the glitch, but it was adamant this time. Regardless of if I had simply had the illusion of free will in prior games, this time, the game became more aggressive than anything I've ever seen. It eventually told me to go to Icana Canyon, where the game would end and it would stop haunting me. 
There are still some things about this whole experience that still don't make sense, but then again, I was never good at figuring out these things and I'm not exactly in the right state of mind to. I'm giving you all the pieces of the puzzle for you to analyze and piece together the missing links. Oh, thanks for giving me a chore with your story. Thanks, buddy. Do not download any of my videos or anything about my videos. Should have started with that, boy. Through a YouTube video, audio ripper, a screen grab, whatever. I don't know how we can spread, but I know that just watching them on YouTube, reading my text, won't be able to allow him to spread. Otherwise, he wouldn't have needed my help in the first place, but I strongly recommend that you do not take anything you see streaming online onto your own personal computer. That whole sent that whole paragraph was two sentences. This will be my last posting, comma. I'm putting up on this forum here for the world. <laughs> really like falling apart at the end here. Is it supposed to show that he's going insane? Ugh. If you see any further posts from me after today's current date, September 12th, and after the current time, 12.08 a.m., discredit them. It already has proven, it already has proven to me that Ben can access my account slash password and manipulate my computer. And like I said, I have no idea to what extent it can do this, but know that it will do anything to break free. He is desperate to ensure your safety. Just forget about me, please. Ben, are you... Jad usable Jagapus, I'd sure like to. God, this was... I'm calling this Tom Ruins Halloween. <laughs> I suppose someone to get a hold of me and save me before I got too immersed into this game would have literally saved my life. That's... That's... That's gibberish. That's fucking garbage even if the point is supposed to be gobbledygook it's gobbledygook is the i and like i think it's supposed to be gobbledygook and that makes it worse somehow it's like purposeful gobbledygook this is so ridiculous this was an internet fan ben dies oh we're in that last paragraph baby feel that Right. Like the mid-morning sun. I'm gonna turn the lights on, because fuck this. <laughs> Read. Lastly, thank you for taking the time. Fuck you. You're fucking welcome. Fuck yourself. To open this and open yourselves up to me by hearing my story, despite maybe not believing me. My guy, this is a creepy creepypasta. The whole point is it's not real. Uh, ich, uh, fuck everything. You didn't have to do that, really. You shouldn't have. Yeah, You're we know right. this now. We're very aware of this I now. I thought this was going to be a fun idea. Yeah. And it was It was so the opposite. Awful. It was a fun disaster. Your support this entire time has kept me going, and now I'm finally free of this. Subscribe to my Patreon, where Thanks I will again. give you perks. Thanks again, Jed Usable. Technically speaking, the creepy pasta does not end there. Afterwards, he like keeps it going with like weird videos posted from his YouTube channel because it's infected. Holy God in heaven, that was awful. Right. That was so bad. So. <laughs> so what they heard, what the listeners heard, was so different from what we just. <laughs> what we just. This we I added deal. a fucking soundtrack. I added some foley. I chopped that story up into ribbons. And you, and you screwed it for good measure. Yeah, I chopped and screwed. That's a fucking Liam Senior remix.
But like that was so involved and there was so much text and so little of it was uh, well put together. I'm sorry, everybody. I thought that would no, be no. fun. Apologize to me. The audience got to hear like a cool thing. I'm sorry, Liam. I'm sorry I did I don't that care. to you. I've probably read Ben's Do you want to hear another creepypasta? It's about two hosts and one of them has an idea. And that idea goes south for both of them. I mean, they're... they're Happy some... Halloween. Oh, are we still gonna do self care corner? Yeah, I thought I our self care. Really good one. I thought our self care corner was be, was gonna be that this story is over. No, I got a really good one. What is it? I so at the end of this program, sometimes to balance out when it's either a bummer or boring, <laughs> we like to end it with a segment that we call self care corner, where we talk about something nice that happened in our days, our weeks, our lives, just to kind of like balance out the negativity. And I had a really good one. I was thinking the other day about my grandmother and how I had a really nice Thanksgiving with her and a bunch of her old like senior living home girlfriends and my mom and my dad last year. And it was like the old gal's Thanksgiving. And it was so nice and really positive. And I was just thinking about how nice that was the other day. My mom's in town. There you go. Jesse has in town. Whoa. <laughs> Bleep is in town. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Follow I mean, us. that's not fair. They know you're Thomas Logan Claire. I don't care. Follow She'll us. care, though. She'll very much care. She does not listen to the show. She says she will, but I don't think she will. <laughs> if you do, hey, Mom. Day. This was a bad episode to pick. <laughs> What's up, Jackie? What's up, Jackie? <laughs> You can email us at mediummajorspodcast at gmail.com. Oh, fuck, I want to give out my mom's email. So, <laughs> You're so Liam's funny. mom, and you have a complaint or two about the jokes that we make on the show. You can follow us on Twitter at mediummajorscast, or uh, call your dad, or Thomas Lockney, that's L-O-U-G-H-N-E-Y. And call your dad. Yeah, do it. Tell him, tell him what a pile of dirty is you got a thing to plug uh tomorrow after the release of this podcast on tuesday also known as halloween there you go all hallowed's eve all hallowed's ween <laughs> i can go if you want me to <laughs> i don't have to be i'm in my work on a, on a i've been wearing cords on a fucking <laughs> podcast like an idiot like a goddamn amateur on October 31st, Year of Our Lord 2017, I'm releasing a new podcast entitled King Me. It's a Stephen King podcast where myself, Tom Lockney, and a guest watch through an adaption of a Stephen King work. Uh, <laughs> it's just so perfectly timed every time. It's the longest podcast in the history of the world. <laughs> I read the source material. Guests and listeners are welcome to join me and uh, every month until I die. watch every single one. So probably until I die. Yeah. Uh, or until he does. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, listen in. Uh, I think it's going to be fun. I've got a trailer and I really like it. Um, fuck it. Can I announce? Yeah, I can. Eric and I have already talked about it <laughs> on an episode of TV. <laughs> that isn't out yet. Guys, we're... So out of steam right now. <laughs>
We are devoid of steam. We're getting another show to sort of, because Shmanime is going to go monthly. It sure is. Uh, maybe even bi-monthly. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. We haven't talked Let's about it. Let's see if we can't keep Shmanime on life support to the point where you feel kind of uncomfortable about it. No, I'll always do it, but I'll do it sparingly. <laughs> right. Eric and I are working on something that's going to be really fun. Okay. We'll always be there for you yeah, until our untimely deaths. Halloween. Halloween. Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun, stay nasty, and stay major.